welcome to episode three of ASI Primetime. I'm your host, Bill. As always, joined by my co-host, Joe Poe. How are we doing, buddy? Doing great. What's up, everybody that's tuning in again today? And by everybody, I mean Troy as he's fucking driving around in a truck this morning. Fuck you, Troy. We got a juicy one this week. Uh, Gonna mix up the content a little bit. Mixing a little bit from our well-established one-episode format, but we're gonna go through the preview. Our initial plan was gonna kind of be to discuss the waiver transactions before going into each matchup, but in order to prevent another three-hour episode, we're not gonna cover all eight of Joe Poe's tight end editions. So listen, it's not my fault that you don't know the rules. The waiver. Listen, no, no. I am sick of this shit, okay? Listen, I put in a waiver request for Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, and I guess that I couldn't put a defense above them because you have dumbasses like fucking Proc spending $14 on a defense in the second week of the season. That's the, that's just the sound of everyone switching over to ESPN Radio. They're going to Mike and Mike if they want to hear about Tyler Higby additions here. Listen, the the tight end position this year is absolutely brutal. Well, you better figure it out, or you're looking at a nice 0-2 start here. Well, I'm going against two bums this week, so we'll find it out. We shall see. Um, anything you wanted to address, just general thoughts before we get into this first matchup? The only thing I want to bring up is that I think we're we're two weeks into the season, right? And one, there wasn't... But... <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, one, but... <laughs> Travis has already got 50% of his fab budget gone. And at this point, I'm not sure if he realizes that. He just doesn't care. He's he's just flying by the seat of his pants over there. It's something with that West Coast there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm just not sure. He spent $17 on Jarek McKinnon, <laughs> who I'm not even sure. Did he even carry the ball once last week? And then $17 on Hilliard. I think he might have listened to the episode from you know last night and is probably panicking yeah i I get the uh download analytics and i see some stuff coming in from the west coast so i don't know if we got a bunch of hippie bums or actors or if it's just him but he he hasn't really reached out to me specifically saying he's listened but i'll see him not tomorrow two days from now so we'll see what he has to say seeing him too yeah actually (laughs) we'll see what he has to say you ready to get started yeah, I think I'm ready to get started. I just did you want to bring up what our pick'em records were last week? Yes, good call, good call. I went three and three, and you went four and two. We're gonna keep track of this throughout the year. We need kind of your help, the audience, in helping decide on some sort of punishment or reward. It's still early enough where it's only one game difference, so. I think if we decide on something this weekend, I think we're in a good spot, and then whatever yeah. will be humiliating while able to achieve for content would be ideal. So pop them in the group me while you're at work tomorrow, not working, and yeah, we'll take the best one. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, I'm ready to fire it up. Let's go with the first matchup. Cool. In our first matchup, Mahomes, Debo, and Taking Dak Sunday meet in a battle for first place in the NFC. 
Troy comes in trying to take down one of the top dogs of week one, and Wells is still pissed off about the time he went tarps off and sweated all over his throw pillows. Troy looks to new signal caller Matt Ryan after Dak's failed dap attempt landed him on the IR. Get well never, you fucking loser. Troy seems confident he's pushed the right buttons this week, but ask any of your uncles with weak prostates about the importance of a reliable stream. Much like Babyface in the SRC, Wells is hoping to put up 140 again and tell everyone all about it. Zach looks strong in every position, but I've played enough drunken oversized bar games to know sometimes being too stacked can get you in some trouble. Jenga! Jopo, who you got? Um, I got Wells in the matchup this week. Um, I think he's coming off kind of a hot start last week, beating probably the second best team in the league in mine. Um... <laughs> You know, first is obviously Curtis. Um, so I think he kind of continues this week. I'm picking Wells. Um, and I guess if you wanted to, you know, point to a reason, I think Mahomes this week against the Chargers is probably going to have another repeat performance of a five-touchdown game. Do you personally like players playing on Thursday? Do you like getting out to a lead, or are you kind of clenching your butt the whole time, hoping that you get some points and don't really drop your projection too much? It really depends on the player. Like, I, I would say, like, what I hate playing on Thursdays is kickers. I don't know what forever reason it is, but uh, I just feel like there's something in the air on Thursdays where they just literally can't fucking hit a kick. Or the game is just so... It's either a high-scoring shootout, or it's just a bunch of extra points, or it's just some Jaguars versus Titans fucking 14-10 just stalled offensive drive after offensive drive. And like, that's probably the position I hate the most quarterbacks. I think it really depends. Like if you have a guy like Mahomes, like it doesn't matter what day of the week he's playing. Like he's going to have a day. Yeah, I agree there. You're, you're good players. You're hyped for Thursday. And then if you got a shaky flex, definitely some scary hours. Any, anything else you like on Wells? That's really leaning you in that direction. Yeah, I think, uh, and this is going to be my boom of the week player for this matchup. It's going to be Miles Sanders. Um, <laughs> this past week, um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles finally figured out that they had a starting running back, and his name was Miles Sanders, and he also went to Penn State. Um, he's not as good as Saquon, and I mean, let's face it, nobody is. <laughs> but I, I really liked what I saw last week out of Miles Sanders, and I think he's like clearly the commanding back there. Uh, I think last week he paid about 52% of the snaps, so a huge jump up over Gainwell and Boston Scott, who had a 30 and 18% share each. Um, I think the Eagles probably have one of the best lines in the league this year. Um, and I, I just love the the rushing combo of Sanders and Hurts, and I just think he's going to get plenty of touches. And another thing to note is that last week, the Packers were the most successful running the ball against the Vikings. And last week, the Eagles absolutely decimated the Lions on the ground. So I kind of expect Miles Sanders to keep that up this week, and he's going to have a big game. All right. I respect that. I think we are drinking some early week one Kool-Aid. It's hard to make any strong conclusions just based on one week of information. And that's why I'm going with the upset here. I'm taking the villain. I'm taking the bad boy of Hamilton. Ooh. I'm taking Troy here. I like his team overall. I like his running backs better, as I previously had chat 
on Wells' running backs. I like his receivers not as much as Wells, but I think if you get a big Michael Thomas game, a big Dalton Schultz game, I think that's a nice tight end advantage. And then Cooks and Waddle kind of do their job. Matt Ryan, a nice favorable Jacksonville uh, matchup. I think we can see some fireworks. Not every one of these is going to be done via who's better on paper. So I'll take the upset here. I'll take Troy. Um, just like it kind of top to bottom. And I, I, I gotta gotta hold on to hope that at some point this early running back take on Wells comes in. We'll see who he ends up playing. He's got some options on the bench. I don't know if he's ready for Clyde Edwards-Elair. He might kind of have that Thursday jitters where he doesn't want two guys and a good majority of his starting points going right there. But overall, we'll see. I, I do think these are two of the better teams in the league. If Troy's able to figure out this quarterback stream, I think he can be pretty consistently good. But yeah, for the time being, Matt Ryan, Jacksonville, that, that's perfectly fine. It's not going to be Mahomes against the Chargers, but we'll have to see what happens. Any- I couldn't disagree with you more <laughs> about Matt Ryan. I think this guy is a fucking bum. I don't know what it is about everybody being so excited about Matt I'm not Ryan excited about it. It's Jacksonville. Carson no, Wentz carved Billy, him up. No, I, Carson Wentz I, carved him up. And I think Carson Wentz at this point in his career is better than Matt Ryan. Sue me. I mean, I don't know. I've been saying this all offseason. I hate Matt Ryan. I think there's plenty of better options on the waiver wire than Matt Ryan this week. So I really hate that start. I think he's looking at like a 20-point deficit at the QB position this week. 20 points? And I'm almost willing to – I'm willing to bet – that Matt Ryan will be outscored by Mahomes by at least 14 and a half points. All right, gentlemen's bet. What, yes, are, gentlemen's what are the stakes bet. here? What are the stakes? Um, I don't know. Let's talk about it off air. If anybody has a good idea, let us know in the group, me. But I want you singing karaoke to open up the next episode if Matt Ryan oh, covers up the 15-point <laughs> spread. Just a ridiculous number. Okay, and what about you? Mm, we'll get to it after the episode. <laughs> we'll see, we'll we'll see what the suggestions okay, come we'll in. We'll figure it out. And we'll then have a I mailbag guess, uh, uh, bonus episode with the punishment suggestions. If Miles Sanders is going to be kind of like my boom of the week this week, <laughs> I know I just spent so much time last week talking up this guy, and then even in the last episode I said that he's completely fine and I wouldn't be worried about him. Don't do it to him. <laughs> my bust of the week is Derek Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Troy. I just, I still think Derrick Henry is a great running back, but like, he has to go from playing one of the best defenses in the NFL, the New York Giants, to now week two playing the second best defense in the NFL, that is the Buffalo Bills. And I mean, on like 15 days them. rest. What is this yeah. scheduling? How yeah, the they fuck have, are they playing on Monday? They have after? Ten days of rest, Phil. Ten days and. They just absolutely walloped the Rams in their own home stadium. They're I think back Gandhi sat under a tree longer than that. <laughs> They're coming back to Buffalo. They look good. They have a great defensive line. I just don't think that Derrick Henry is going to be successful running the ball against them this week. We saw how well they kind of bottled up Acres last week. And Henderson did have a little bit of success, but it really came when the game was already out of hand. So I'm kind of expecting Henry to just kind of once again have like a kind of backseat game this week. If anything, I think Hilliard might be a safer play than Henry um, just because he's getting the passing work. But yeah, Henry is probably my bust of the week. Um, 
on Troy's team this week. If he doesn't get going this week, I, I obviously know this is a tough opponent in a tough environment with a much more well-rested team. If he doesn't get going this week, then I honestly do start to tickle the panic button on him. And that's kind of why I do expect him to turn it around. There's, he's too good for them not to get him involved, not to have him a big game, and not to have a bounce-back performance, honestly. I don't know if they're beating the Buffalo Bills, but they need to at least show signs of life that they're anywhere close to resembling a playoff team if you want to have any hope in that offense. or Otherwise, things are going to get ugly quick. They're going to be calling for Tannehill to, ben- to be benched. And I don't know. Does Troy start shopping Henry if he does this week? Who knows? I, I, I think it's just a mess I mean, of hey, Pandora box options. Him, he can absolutely hit my inbox. I'll take him. <laughs> Um, and then I guess other notes, I do also think there's kind of a huge disparity in the wide receivers this week. So that's also why I'm going Wells aside. I think Devonte Adams is, is in for like, you know, an automatic 25 points again this week. Uh, the chiefs kind of absolutely destroyed the Cardinals last week. So the one thing I will note is that the Raiders were only really successful over the air last week. So kind of expect them to go that way again, especially after the chiefs were just so successful doing it. And then Debo Samuel, I expect him to kind of have a bigger game than last week. I know I was kind of ripping on Wells for only the 12 points, but like we said, it was it was a monsoon. I think with the loss of Mitchell, he's going to get even more involved in the running game. And I mean, if you watch the, the Broncos game on Monday, I know we only got to see real snippets of it. The Broncos were really successful kind of driving the ball down the field and and getting, uh you know, points to the running back and points to the wide receiver. They it's kind of crazy that they only scored 16 points because pretty much everybody on the Broncos offense had a, a day for fantasy. I think they had two so, fumbles at the goal line, which doesn't help, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Debo is going to play pretty good. I'm not exactly down on the receivers for Troy's team. I think Waddle will probably have another nice game and cooks will have a, another good game against this Denver defense that, uh, you know, Metcalf and Lockett weren't too successful, but I know this is going to sound crazy, but Davis Mills is probably a better quarterback than Geno Smith, so we'll see. I am very high on Geno. Um, but yeah, I just think there's a pretty big disparity here between their wide receivers and the quarterback, so that's really why I'm going for Wells. And then I'm interested to see kind of how Michael Thomas and Cordero Patterson match up in the flex position because they were both kind of surprises to me last week how well they did. Um, I would like to see how Michael Thomas does against his Tampa Bay defense because the Cowboys had absolutely no success last week against it. Um, I do think Cordero is a safe play, though, against the Rams. Their defense did not look anywhere near as good as it did last year, Um, but we'll see. It is only week two. Cool. I think we're ready to move on to the next matchup. Again, we're going to try to not make the preview ones quite as long just because we're just going to be regurgitating a lot of the shit that we talked about last time. So we'll try to move this along and let us know what you think about the pacing and anything you'd like to hear or not hear moving forward. Moving on to Brees' Pieces takes on Darude Sandstorm in one of those games that I guess somebody has to win. Stephen Muller are masters of creating funny gifs and memes, yet they both managed to craft fantasy teams that wouldn't even get a Husser-like if they were posted in the group me. Muller has the best backfield in the league, if it were 2018. He'd better pop those boys in the DeLorean, or much like James McCann, he'll be 0 for 2 before he knows it. 
Ancestry.com has revealed Steve and Jaguars GM Trent Balky are actually twin brothers. This makes sense as they're the only two people on the planet who believe Christian Kirk can be the centerpiece of a winning season. Jopo, who you got? Honestly, it's hard to choose either of these teams because I honestly don't really know who I want to take, but I'm just going to go lean with kind of the guy who I has my boom of the week this week, and it's going to be Steve. Um, and just to kind of get right into it, uh, my boom of the week for this matchup is going to be Eckler. I know last week he kind of had a pedestrian outing. It was, it was 10, 10 points, I believe, he ended the day with, but he didn't necessarily need to have a big game for the Chargers to be successful. The reason why I'm choosing Eckler is has nothing to do with production um, or value or just because he's a great running back, but simply because there was people sliding in his DMs this week, kind of chirping at him. And I know whenever you, Billy, slide into the DMs of any player, they kind of go out the next week and perform. So Eckler's telling people in his uh, kind of fantasy radar to shut the fuck up, and he's going to go off this week. So I'm expecting him to have a good game against the Chiefs. And the Cardinals' only success last week really was James Conner. Um, he had a good good game, so I'm kind of expecting Eckler to just kind of come back to form this week. Yeah, I definitely think Eckler bounces back. I think Jones bounces back to an extent. I, I think that's kind of where we landed with Steve's team, that it was a massive underperformance last week, and it's probably not quite as bad as it kind of showed. I think yeah. a lot of that same testament can be said about Muller's team, though. Aside from Ezekiel Elliott, who I'm petrified of at this point, I don't know what the hell they're going to do on offense. I think they'll be down quick against Cincinnati, who's going to bounce back in an angry way against a shitty-ass quarterback. I don't know how involved he'll be in the run. Maybe some dump-offs to kind of scratch at a 10, but I'm scared of him being an impact player at all if I'm Muller. I don't know if he yeah. has running backs on the bench, though, really. He's got the handcuff, who isn't really going to get cooking. Brees Hall, who seemingly was getting the second the scraps of the Jets' backfield. And then yeah, maybe Mueller's Isaiah Pacheco. Like... That's a bit too ballsy of a pick, in my opinion, for a Thursday night start, if I'm him yeah, his, personally. His but... bench is like the handcuff lottery, and all of the handcuffs kind of suck a little bit, so... <laughs> I'm not exactly very excited about his bench options. And going back to Elliott, he's definitely my bus play uh, in this in this uh, matchup we're looking at here. I already said in the recap, I didn't like how he looked against Tampa Bay's defense. And now he's going up against Cincinnati's defense, who was able to bottle up Najee Harris, who I think is a much better running back. Um, and they're going to be playing Cooper Rush this week. So what incentive do the Bengals have to play pass protection I, I i just think he's gonna see eight in the box if i was Mueller, i might honestly consider playing pollard over elliot and i know that sounds crazy but i'm expecting the cowboys to get absolutely you know shit on so if they're gonna be down early i, I would think pollard would get more passing work the other thing about Mueller's team that kind of has me like a little concerned is tom brady he didn't look great against the Cowboys last week, and and I already cited the line. I'm not so sure if he's going to have a bounce back this week against the New Orleans defense. 
um, who he consistently seems to have issues with, or just the team in general. They just kind of always lose these New Orleans games, especially yeah. in the Superdome or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, they're rent-free in Brady's head for whatever reason, and I, I kind of am expecting almost that New Orleans could go and play the Buccaneers this week and maybe kind of upset them. And I, I guess I'm not necessarily would even be an upset because they, they are in their heads. I will say um, about Mueller's team, uh, I do like Evans. He, he did have a good week last week. I, I don't expect him to kind of have a, da- a down week this week. Um, and McCaffrey, I think, is a very strong play against the Giants. Uh, they got absolutely gashed by Hilliard last week. So I think if Mueller is going to win this week, it's probably going to be from a huge game from McCaffrey and probably a huge game from Evans and and Judy, who Judy last week finally kind of woke up and he had a good game against the Seahawks. Um, I don't see that being any different against Houston. I think he's going to have a a pretty solid week this week. Yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to that Brady Lance matchup two very underwhelming starting quarterback performances last week. We'll see what we got with Lance. Seattle kind of bottled up Russ, so I mean, we'll see what happens there. And then if I, I do like te- Steve's team better, I'd say top to bottom, but Muller can stay in it with one of those nuclear Brady Evans combinations. If they go thirty and thirty, then he'll obviously yeah, be tough to beat. Stack. That's that's the one I'm looking at, but I don't know if that's coming against New Orleans to be honest. So I'm going with Steve in this case. Yeah, and I think other thing about Steve's lineup is his receivers are really strong. I think uh, I think Pittman and Johnson and Kirk each get a substantial amount of targets. Um, Johnson, even with Mitch, got like 12 targets last week. So I, I expect uh, this game against the Patriots to suck and honestly almost never be on red zone. But it doesn't really matter if Deontay has nine catches for 80 yards. You know, that's a great performance for fantasy. It might not be good for real football, but kind of expect him to have the targets there not really gonna doubt Pittman and then on top of that Christian Kirk last week was a pretty big surprise to me um it seemed like he was kind of a favorite guy for Trevor Lawrence who is kind of circling the wagon um I I don't know what's going on with him if he sucks or not I'd love to see what happens by the end of the year but he had 12 targets and caught six for 100 and like and like 20 yards so even with a shitty kind of target to catch ratio, you know, he did have 117 yards. He seems like the number one there in Jacksonville. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I'm definitely curious to see how Jacksonville goes and another divisional matchup too. So the opponents obviously know each other. And then I, I, I kind of just want this AFC South <laughs> sorted out a little bit. I'm, I'm so just curious and intrigued to kind of see who emerges from this kind of doo-doo yeah. pile. It is not like I. I was expecting the NFC East to be the doo doo pile, and it, it it's still seems very like well made. Dude. South. <laughs> Listen, dude, Giants are back. We have already talked about this. True, and then, true. The only other thing, I guess, before we go on to the other matchup, I, I really like Steve's bench with Kareem Hunt and Jamal Williams. Like, I think both those guys are pretty good plays. It's just it's like kinda, you said, he's got to ride with I his like, high pick yeah. running backs more. But, yeah, I like Steve's team top to bottom. I, I mean, it's it's crazy that he's got those guys on the bench who would probably be starters on Travis's team right now. I mean, we'll so. see. If Lance duds again, does he move one of those guys, try to get a high-end quarterback, or what would you do personally? 
if Lance duds again, yeah, I would be looking to move on from him because it it, it kind of would just tell me that maybe there's a reason they kept Jimmy G around. Um, I know Jimmy G didn't want to be there, so he, I, I think at some point he's going to play this year if Lance doesn't show up. And it is week two. He's playing against Seattle, and he just played a monsoon. But yeah, if Lance has a down week this week, then yeah, I, I would uh, be looking for other options. Yeah, I mean, they drafted him three overall so i think his leash in real life will be a little longer but i don't know how long steve can if yeah he loses again and lance puts up another 10 points which I, honestly i don't really see he, he's got to get some rushing yards even if he's 15 of 25 throwing it you know i i assume he'll accumulate some points and honestly potentially match brady but We'll see. The he, he's like I said. I think in the first episode, he's probably the biggest we'll see of the quarterbacks this year, as far as just high ceiling, super super low floor. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's about it for me on this one. Unless you had anything else. No, I will just say I think Traylon Burks is a really good wide receiver, so I have my eye on him moving forward. I thought he looked really good in the Giants game last week with his limited touches. Noted, noted. All right, moving on. Hurtin' for a curtain takes on the Trump wall in a diet version of the storied Hoboken Bowl. Husser's jumped out to one of his patented slow starts, but is adamant that the eagle is indeed faster than the hare. Only issue is Tom's been binge-watching CNN and believes the solution to an ever-growing deficit is to do absolutely nothing. That's not a leak in your ceiling, Tom. That's the drool secreting out of your mouth every waiver period. Kurt, on the other hand, came out fast last week, completing one of the biggest upsets in the history of sports, right up there with Appalachian State beating Michigan, the Giants beating the Pats, and ex-roommates beating Curtis for three months' rent. Jopo, who you got? I don't think there will ever be a matchup this year where I pick Tom's team, so I'm 1,000% picking Curtis's team, (laughs) and... I just hate Hoster's team. There's literally no other way to put it than I just absolutely hate his team. I, this is kind of the two Hoboken bums squaring up, so this is my bum matchup of the week as well. Um, Tom's After Curtis's been, week, he's he's in the bum off? or Yeah, he's in the bum off. They're both Hoboken bums. Hmm. I don't know if you know this, Bill, but Huster moved to Hoboken two weeks ago, and he's done nothing but dodge Curtis since he's been there. Ooh. Um, yeah, so... Real bum move by Tom. So yeah, I'm I'm absolutely picking Curtis in this in this game. I already think Curtis is the best team in the league, but you know I'll leave it there. Uh, I'll let you talk about the players, and I'll I'll bring in with who I think my boom player of the week is and who my bust is. I guess we'll start with Husser since he kind of was the polarizing topic there. AJ Dillon is slotted in an RB two. We kind of made fun of that for being a flex play, and then now we see him not only in the starting lineup, but in a top five kind of role. We'll see how that goes. The Packers kind of own Chicago, and I think they're going to come in pretty pissed off. I I feel like I've seen this Packers-Bears game on Sunday night 900 times, and it just never goes well for the Bears, especially they're kind of riding high. This is the Sunday night game? Packers-Chicago? 820. Oh, my God. I got to find something else. (laughs) That game is going to (laughs) suck. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. The Yeah, so I don't hate his running backs. I expect Dalvin Cook to kind of pick it up a bit. We'll see how he does against Philly, who kind of gave up a ton of points at the end of the game, so I don't really 
fully know if they're as dominant of a defensive unit as kind of was projected, which, again, was kind of based off their rookie draft class. So I don't know if those guys aren't really churning as of yet or it was just kind of garbage time. You kind of don't have a perfect feel for the game with the red zone kind of forgetting about it in the second half, but I'll be interested to see how Dalvin does. The receivers, I think it's just a massive mismatch. We love Curtis's duo, the chase, the A.J. Brown. CD with Cooper Rush, no thanks. And then Mike Williams potentially can have a nice game. I still kind of have faith in him. He had, like, the terrible three, but I don't know if those two are holding the jockstrap of Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown. And then other than that... I I guess since we're talking about those receivers, it's probably a good time for me to cut in with, you know, my my boom play of the week this week is Mike Williams because he's... (laughs) He's kind of coming in this week with the... You're all over the place. <laughs> Listen, I hate Husser's team, but it doesn't mean I can't say his players are going to do well. Mike Williams coming in, Keenan Allen's out. In games last year where the Chiefs played the Chargers, like they were absolutely awesome, fun games to watch. I think the over hit in both of their matchups last week, year. So it's really like... I think almost every one of my boom plays of the week this week has been in this matchup already. Um, so I think Mike Williams is going to have a, a monster target share without Keenan Allen there, and I expect him to have a good game. Um, that being a said, good game or a boom game, lean no, into it. A- I think he's absolutely going to have a monster game. So uh, I'm expecting him to be kind of a, the best performer probably on Huster's team. This is he week. getting 25? Then, I'll say he's definitely getting minimum 20. I'm willing to bet that he'll have over 19 and a half points mike williams i think he's gonna have a good game um and then after talking about mike williams uh my bust of this matchup is 1000 percent cd lamb cd lamb i i am shocked that he was going in the second round what has he ever done to earn that second round draft price this year like dog i mean you're good you're gonna fall (laughs) backwards into being right with this but cd lamb's numbers are fine and being, no, I CD Lamb's numbers the first two years or however many he's but yeah, two years are perfectly good and the no Mari Cooper, like he should have broken out. We'll see how he is with Dak when he comes back. No. I hate I hate this guy, dude. I I don't know. I what mean I hate is. him as a person, but I don't mainly because of the jersey. Wears, I don't but. think he's any like I I wouldn't want him as my wide receiver one in fantasy is I guess what it really comes down to. I just think there's a lot a litany of better options to have taken in the second round but i don't like cd lamb i don't like him with dak i don't like him at all with cooper rush and then i'm not sure if you were watching the game sunday oh wait no i'm pretty sure you said you couldn't watch most of the game sunday because you were kind of going crazy off the giants win the cringiest commercial i've ever seen in my entire life was the (laughs) 88 club commercial and like it's just a perfect reflection of like how far down like the number 88 is for the Dallas Cowboys that this bum is wearing it. And then Chipotle, how bad it is like in recent years, like just perfect duo, like number 88 for the Cowboys, CD lamb and Chipotle just being cringe as fuck. So they they can't even keep employees working and they're spending money on CD lamb endorsements. Okay. I'm out on him too. I'm completely out. Uh, Absolute bust. Like I don't expect anything out of him this week. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm done talking about Tom's team. Let's let's talk about an actual good team and Curtis's team. I, I 
I mean, just top to bottom, like Josh Allen, absolutely. Like, there's nothing I can really say about him. I love him, and DeAndre Swift. I think he's gonna have a great game. You already touched on the receivers. Um, I don't know. I'm expecting Curtis to just absolutely womp Tom this week. Yeah, I think DeAndre Swift being a little banged up is a little concerning, but I've had him in Dynasty since he's a rookie. He's permanently questionable, so I I suspect he'll go. He'll miss time at some point, I'm sure, but for the time being, I think that's fine. And it would take a really good day in general, I think, for Husser to really exploit the running back matchup, the head-to-head there. And then I, I think it's just one and lost in the receivers. I, I think these two receivers yeah. are just so much better than the other two guys. If Mike Williams doesn't have this Jesus Christ, God Almighty game that you're predicting over there, <laughs> I, I think it's not even close. And then, yeah, other, other than that, it's kind of evenish down the line. We'll see what happens, but... For that reason, I'll go with Kurt to go 2-0 and and Husser to yeah. start and then trending towards I, the bottom here. Some interesting notes on the bench. I do want to see what Lazard looks like when he's actually playing because he is one of Rodgers' guys. So, you know, maybe Kurt has like an even deeper kind of wide receiver pool if he turns out being kind of the number one guy there. And then on Husser's side, I kind of want to see if Robbie Anderson can keep it up. Because he needs someone to get rid of Just get rid of Lamb. I, I don't know. I hate him. And then ETN, he looked really good last week with his touches. I would just absolutely love if Huster benched ETN this week and he just blows up on his bench. It's very possible. It seems like he kind of got the dud week out of the way. I'd probably plug him in. But at the same time, he's kind of got serviceable running backs. He's got Michael Carter who just randomly gets 17 every week, it feels. And well, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of like the Jets in that though. game a little bit. Uh, Rob Sala was kind of firing me up, saying he's keeping receipts and going to hold on to everyone, yada, yada. I, I kind of like the Jets in a random upset. So we'll see if Michael Carter gets in the end zone, becomes a worthwhile flex play. But even so, I, I'm still leaning Kurt, but... Yeah, I think Husser kind of needs to shift some of these running backs around, get some depth in the wide receiver room. Otherwise, he's going to kind of be hanging out in the basement and not a fun basement, just uh, chained to a radiator or something down there, getting dunked on all year. So, yeah, that's all I really have for this matchup. Do you have anything else? Yeah. No, I'm good. I really don't want to talk about Tom's team any longer. (laughs) We don't talk about Tom's team here. No. All right, moving on. Keenan Kels faces off against Najee Unit as both teams attempt to get their first victory versus an actual opponent with a pulse. G Unit founder and vitamin water bitch boy 50 Cent survived nine gunshot wounds. However, these two former Browning residents are also battle tested as they both survive that asbestos filled home on top of nine months of listening to Tree Bosser talk. Prox made some starting lineup adjustments in an effort to not totally suck ass this weekend. Hey Poe, what do you call Hollywood surrounded by a bunch of bums? Not sure what. Hollywood. Rast's early season injury woes are well documented. Much like an Avatar sequel 13 years too late, this starting lineup is filled with shit that nobody wants. Time will tell if this ends up being an Oscar nom or in the $5 DVD bin alongside Terminator Genesis. Ooh. Jopo, who you got? I say this with great regret, but I'm picking uh, 
Rask this week. I was originally on Proc, but after re-looking at the lineups right now, I'm just going to go with Rask. I don't know what it is, but I'm just feeling kind of the energy that Rask is putting out there with that Devin Singletary start. And that's what people tune in for, just just the feels, the vibes, <laughs> no yeah, sort of I analysis. This, <laughs> I spent all of this time thinking that Proc was going to win this matchup, and now I'm looking down the board again. And I just, I can't get over, like, how little I believe in Proc's running backs. And that's saying something when on the other side he's going against Damian Pierce and fucking Devin Singletary. Like, I just think Josh Jacobs is, like, kind of on his way out in Las Vegas. And Najee's banged up as much as he wants to say he isn't. He's coming into this week with a weak offensive line against a Patriots team that really kind of got their ass handed to them. And historically, Pittsburgh kind of struggles against New England. So I kind of think Najee's in for another down game. Um, I said that last week, um, but I'm just not really feeling Proc's lineup at the running back position. Meanwhile, I think there's some good kind of narrative behind Damian Pierce. Lovey Smith himself did say that he wants to get him more touches this week. And I think that the Bills are going to get their head out of their ass and realize that Devin Singletary is the best running back there. And as you saw last week, the Giants with a much weaker offensive line than the Buffalo Bills were able to absolutely demolish the Titans on the ground with Saquon. So I'm thinking Devin Singletary could have a kind of bigger game this week than he had last week. Yeah, I I think Rast did a good job kind of patchworking a lineup here my issue just picking him is that kind of all the somewhat question marks need to not perfectly execute but he can't really afford too many duds just with a somewhat superior opponent across the way that being said i I like potentially hurts better than stafford a little bit yeah the running backs are close-ish i i i still believe in Najee. i think he'll him and Jacobs. I don't, I don't know if they'll, it'll be a blowout, but I probably like that unit a little bit more. Especially, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it's not necessarily a pretty matchup on either side, just because the two higher profile guys on Proc side did disappoint last week. But like, I, I don't know if Devin Singletary or Pierce are going to get 20, and I think Josh Jacobs and Najee are more likely to kind of get into that. 20 range it might just be a wet noodle fight just kind of tends back and forth there but if i had to go upside i'm leaning towards uh naji unit receivers cup digs is a nice matchup both really really good cup potentially a little better and i like him against atlanta atlanta very well could just get absolutely exposed as the kind of bottom of the barrel team that they were projected to be Granted, they like they obviously lost last week, but they looked good for three quarters there. So, I think the Rams probably bounce back in a big way. I, I don't think they were as bad as they quite showed. Elijah Moore, I, I said I kind of like the Jets, but I, I think Sutton potentially a better game against Houston. But we'll see what kind of Houston and what Denver is too. I, I don't know if they're going to just be a bad team. I, I don't see how on paper they should be, but just totally uninspiring performance week one and a head coach who just made the boneheaded decision of the week. 
Yeah, and talking about Sutton, he is my boom play in this matchup. Okay. Um, Michael Pittman was able to just absolutely feast against the Texans defense last week, and I think Sutton will probably mimic that performance. Like I said earlier, like the Broncos had no trouble moving the ball, so I expect Sutton kind of to continue to have a decent target share. I think he had seven or eight targets last week. He only converted on four of those for 72 yards, but I just think they're going to be a little bit more successful. I think Hackett's probably going to come out this week after all of the kind of shit talking that everybody around the league has been doing about that dumb decision to kick a 65 yarder kind of bit him in the ass. I think he's probably going to go out there and try and guns a blaze and put up some points this week against Houston. Yeah. So I, I think Sutton's going to have a pretty, pretty big week this week. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, kind of, took that next step he has like you know a six reception 100 yard game for and a touchdown i could definitely see that this week out of sutton yeah and then flex wise hollywood had a nice game but so did curtis samuel my concern with him is just washington i don't know kind of what their deal is going to be who's going to get the touches he had a lot of handoffs in the backfield which is good he won't necessarily dud and detroit let a ton of guys feast on them last week so yeah, I, Samuel I like can Samuel keep it close. Juice last week, yeah, he did have eleven targets. Like he was clearly a part of the offense, and I think last year people expected a lot out of Curtis Samuel. He was just hurt, or at least I did. He was just hurt. Yeah, and I mean it's pretty clear that uh, Ron Rivera likes Curtis Samuel because he brought him from Carolina to Washington. So you know, maybe it isn't a fluke. I, that's probably one of the guys in this matchup that I'm most excited to see, kind of how he performs. I would like to see if he keeps it up. I, I think Curtis Samuel's a pretty good player. I would like to see him kind of flourish in there. I hate the commanders, obviously, but I, I don't know. There's something about Curtis Samuel. He's just like an interesting player and fun to watch where I do hope he has kind of a good week. The only other thing on, on Raft's team that I want to talk about, there's literally nobody else I want to talk about besides this guy left. Joshua Palmer for the uh, oh, Chargers. Yeah. He was getting talked up by um, Herbert in the offseason. I want to see how he does when he's going to get a little bit more of the target share and kind of not have Keenan Allen there. It'd be interesting to see if like he kind of steps up into a bigger role. I want to take the chance in starting him this week, but he's definitely somebody on Raph's bench that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah, in general, not a ton to talk about there. It's just kind of injured people and rookies along with like Alexander yeah. Madison, who's not really relevant until Cook goes down. I like Prox bench. There's some tough decisions. i curious a little bit why T. Higgins isn't starting, but then you look at his receivers, they're kind of cooking. I, I, I don't I think, know. I think, I, though, I think it's just the probably, risk probably, that you don't want him getting yeah. knocked out really quick or just being a blowout. But yeah, cause I he's think got some decisions a- down the line, I'd say. He's got some serviceable bodies there. Yeah, I don't like Marquise Brown that much. I think last week, you know, he had the touchdown to kind of salvage his week, but I'm not a big fan of him. I, I'm not sure how he's going to fit in the Arizona offense. It is still early, and he did get traded, you know, halfway through the offseason, so we'll see. I guess the other person I'm really interested in on Prox bench is Penny because he did look good running the ball for the Seahawks last week. It's just I'm wondering how well he's going to do with Kenneth Walker kind of coming back this week i think he's going to be playing he only had like 13 let me see i think he only had 13 carries yeah he only had 12 carries last week phil and two receptions he's not really a guy who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield so 
to only have 12 carries and then have this guy come in that could be eating into your workload is a little concerning. Uh, I just want to see if he keeps it up. And then I didn't touch on it, but my bust of the week for this matchup is Stafford. I didn't like how he looked in week one. You don't um, think he can I, bounce back against Atlanta? Do, do I think he can bounce back? Absolutely. But I think there's a little bit more steam to the elbow injury than people are giving it credit. So I, I'm not expecting big things out of Stafford. And I mean, he's I'd, one of those guys who was going late in the draft as a QB mm-hmm. that everybody thought was safe. So I don't know. I, I'm just uh, until I see it, I'm not going to really be high on Stafford. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all I really have for this, I'd say. Did you want to move yeah, there's, on? Yeah, there's nothing else to cover in this matchup. Okay, cool. Let's pop over to me versus Trav. All right. Lamar, Tyreek, and the island of players I don't give a fuck about face off against your defiant jazz. Earlier last year, Travis moved to the City of Angels, which is fitting because he seemingly has his head up in the clouds. I FaceTimed you for six hours, and this is your team? I'd say hit the waiver wire for help, but much like Husser's checking account, your fab budget only has 40 bucks in it. The Rams may have won the Super Bowl, but this team stinks. Joe Poe, who you got? I have you, and I don't think it's relatively close in this matchup. I'm honestly, let, let's start with, uh, just bounce right into who I think my my bust of the week is and and just looking down Travis's lineup like there's so many people I could a lot pick, of contenders <laughs> I am gonna pick one person specifically and it is gonna be Adam Thielen I, I just he's already a boomer bust guy but I just think he's going against the Philadelphia defense yeah they didn't look that that strong last week but I mean Darius Slay and Bradbury are good corners so I don't expect them to kind of get burned like they did by St. Brown last week. Um, and I, I just think Dillon's going to have a pretty down game this week. And it's it's hard to say that because, you know, Travis doesn't really have much better options on his bench. Like, But yeah, Thielen's my bust play of the week, but he's like the 1A to Cam Akers as my 1B and Allen Robinson as my 1C bust plays of the week. So... <laughs> Travis, you got to figure it out, dude. I, I'd almost rather play Julio Jones after seeing him perform in that Sunday night game. I thought he looked kind of, he's not old Julio levels, but he had glimpses of it. So I don't know. I think I think Travis has to switch this lineup up around a little bit and maybe start kind of polling people for trades. Yeah, we'll see what he does with his thumb up his ass in a airport for three hours if he kind of tinkers with this a little bit, but... Yeah, this is a perfect get-right game for me, and I, I'm not even fully confident in my team. This is a nice, let me try to figure it out week and hopefully just run away with this. I I think his team just kind of doesn't do it for me in almost every position. I think I'm just going to kind of play it safe, play the running backs, just get the points, get out of here with a win while I kind of figure out the receiver group. I think if I do that, it should be relatively easy as long as Thielen doesn't just steal all the catches from Jefferson, which it doesn't seem like anyone can really stop him. So I think that alone, I should kind of be able to run away with it. I'm a little worried about Bateman against Miami. I was worried about Bateman pretty much against anyone since it was just kind of the one deep ball. I want to see him get more involved in the intermediate game before I'm kind of comfortable 
starting him moving forward. I want Pitts to bounce back desperately. I'm hopeful that that can kind of happen. And then, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to pick me. And then I got to pick up some pieces and kind of get ready for hopefully a nice one-and-one one start and then a nice charge towards the playoffs. Yeah, I will say I definitely like your team's matchups this week, especially I like Chubb's matchup a lot. I think he had like 140 on the ground last week. And I think as opposed to the Ravens, who kind of have like a, a five-headed monster at the running back position, basically, if you include Lamar, I think Chubb will probably get plenty of touches and plenty of opportunities against the Jets because Flacco is going to be giving the ball back to Cleveland a ton. I think Cleveland's defense is going to absolutely kind of swarm him. And then the other thing is my my kind of boom play of the week this week is Fournette because I watched him play Sunday against the uh, Cowboys and he was just having their way with their defense. And I think one of the things I noticed is that Atlanta had a lot of success running the ball with Cordero Patterson. And I think Tampa Bay is just going to kind of go with that. Um, One of the things about Tampa Bay that really kind of scares me is their offensive line, but they were kind of getting holes in the running game. So I think that Tampa Bay probably leans on the running game a little bit more this week again in New Orleans. So he's kind of like my big play this week for your team. I do expect Pitts to have a bounce back week. I don't think it's kind of realistic that he's going to see seven targets and only catch two of them again. I'd be kind of shocked to say the least. And then the other thing is I kind of agree with your sentiment, but that I'd be scared about starting Bateman just because he really did only have the one play last week. But looking at your bench, I think until Hopkins comes back or until Tony really shows that he could be kind of that that next level guy or or really step up in the Giants offense, I think you probably have to play Bateman. Uh, you don't really have too much of an option. I am interested to see how uh, Tyrion Davis Price plays because... One thing about the Niners is like it's almost always like the guy you don't expect that ends up coming in and That's taking the exactly running back That's exactly why I went there. I was like, it's just yeah. a lottery ticket, really. But he he was a healthy scratch last week. But usually, when what you see with these guys, right, is a healthy running back scratch doesn't mean the guy's bad. It's just usually that he's not a special teams player. So he's going to be in the roster this week, and it's not like Jeff Wilson really excites me. I know I have him on my team on the bench, but. I mean, he's been there for years. They trust him and they love him, right? But, I mean, they continue to draft running backs and it's always kind of a, a continuous pendulum there in San Francisco. But, yeah, I, I like your team a lot. I do question the Eagles' defense play with Jefferson. No, nah, because... I'm dropping that. It's just, for whatever okay. reason, after waivers today, there, when I went to go claim a defense, it was also still waivers, so... I don't know like what if a setting changed or if I just don't remember how fantasy football Somebody works, probably but... picked them up with a waiver and then dropped them. Yeah, then. so I'm just kind of waiting for that and the kicker to be free, and then I'll make the moves there. But, yeah, that's that's not going to be my defense. Spoiler alert. Yeah, and then just, just going over to Travis's side to talk about like the lone bright spots there, I do think Tyreek is going to have a good game. He's probably... Travis's way to win this week, Bill, against you is for Lamar, Kamara, and Hill to just absolutely explode. Um, they need to all have big games. I'm not necessarily sure Lamar will because Miami's defense last year to end the year was extremely strong. And they started off this year as, you know, kind of a huge start against the Patriots and absolutely demolished them and made them look silly. 
So I'm not exactly sure that Lamar's kind of ceiling is there this week. And then similarly, Kamara is going against the defense of Tampa Bay that I think is just going to kind of bully, you know, the, the New Orleans offensive line. We'll see. They were able to really get kind of Dak uncomfortable last week, and they were just absolutely dominating the Cowboys rushing game. And I'm not sure if that's just a kind of a product of the Cowboys offensive line being weak this year or if the Tampa Bay defense is really that dominant, but I'm not expecting kind of that boom week from Camara again this week. Not that I'm, I'm nervous about Camara, but I just don't think it's there. And then I also think Travis shouldn't be starting the Browns defense again this week. I, I would be putting the bills in, but we'll it's see. very possible. He hasn't set his lineup, honestly, because yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about the bills defense as well. So We'll see if he kind of tinkers with it, but yeah, we can only really talk about what's kind of on the screen here. So, anything else before we move on to the last game of the week here? No, I think we're good to move on. Cool. All right. Two names so shitty, I don't even want to say them out loud. Poe and Corey go head to head in this week's rivalry match. Earlier last week, Joe Poe chose DJ Moore as his hill to die on you'd probably have a better chance surviving on a safer hill, such as Mount Everest or an active volcano. Joe Poe hosts more fantasy football podcasts than he has wins. What a fucking loser. Corey drafted two tight ends in the first four rounds of a fantasy draft and still thinks it's a good idea. Corey also unironically posed on a couch with Muller holding a wiffle ball bat. Go get him, slugger. Joe Poe, who you got? I'm taking myself. I just can't even stomach the thought of me saying that Corey's going to beat me this week. I think kind of top to bottom, just looking at our teams, I do wholeheartedly believe that I have the better roster. Corey's projections are a little skewed because they have the Packers defense as a nine point defense this week. And the Dolphins as a four point. It's kind of dumb to think that the Packers are definitely going to score nine points. But I, I, I like my team this week. If you want me to just jump right into it of who I think is going to absolutely explode for my team this week. Yeah, I think this it. isn't going to surprise anybody what I'm about to say. <laughs> it's say Joe it. Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe Mixon. Um, last week he had 34 touches and he didn't get a touchdown. And he looked just as good this year as he did last year. I think the Bengals have a big bounce back week this week. And kind of the main reason why I'm choosing Joe Mixon is because one Fournette was able to kind of run all over that Dallas defense last week. And then in addition to that, with Cooper Rush starting for Dallas, I think the Bengals are going to have like so many opportunities to score points and kind of have like that get right game. And like kind of the second half of last week, you saw like they, they really came alive. They were like, all right, let's get out of this, you know, shitty first half slump against a good defense. And now they're going down to Dallas. And I just think they're going to kind of, absolutely put their fucking foot on dallas's throat and i'm gonna love seeing it because i hate dallas and i would love to see mixon just absolutely tear them apart yeah i think running backs i i think you guys this is gonna be a really good running back matchup i love mixing against the cowboys i like saquon against carolina as well chubb and hunt tore them apart yeah and then at the same time, though, I like Jonathan Taylor against Jacksonville. I like James Conner against the Raiders. I, I wouldn't be surprised if three out of these four have, like, 25-plus, and it's just yeah, I think the a running very high-scoring game. Yeah, I are, are going to be pretty even. 
I like Herbert over Carr, so I'd say just working my way down, I kind of am leaning you. Amari Cooper getting a start is some balls, I'll say, after a dud and a half. He's going to probably be lined up against Sauce Gardner, who looked pretty legit in his debut. Yeah, he didn't really let up much. I mean, the Bateman, I don't even think Sauce was covering Bateman on that long throw. No, I don't think he was. But. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I mean, I'm benching Amari Cooper in another league, the Dynasty League. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to see Cooper in his lineup. At um, the same I, time, I, I, his I, options are kind of slimish with Godwin out, or potentially. I, I bet if Godwin's active, he might switch that. But I guess he's just nervous about Dotson not having like Dotson's touchdowns last week, two touchdowns and three catches. Like, yeah, that would be my. Him and Olave are just too early yeah where you start but he's he's definitely second guessing he's thinking about it you know i wouldn't be surprised if one of those get in over amari cooper i don't necessarily think olave is the play i think if you chose one of them it would be dotson but yeah i I do kind of think this is going to be one like this this matchup here i think it's probably going to be one on the back of the receiver plays here because dj moore as you can see is riding the bench and he's going to be staying on that bench until (laughs) baker proves that he can kind of target his best receiver i do love amon ra this week against washington um christian kirk had an absolute huge game against them last week and then i just think gabe davis kind of this is his year in the buffalo offense to just kind of be that number two target and the giants did have some success throwing the ball to receivers so i can only imagine if daniel did they though i I don't really remember a ton of success passing they did they don't i mean they don't use the tight end they they were kind of throwing it to rick james and fucking shepherd and they were shepherd kind of getting had a, one a, big play but other than that a it slew was of their fourth string fucking receivers in involved i just think that josh allen's gonna have a much better day yeah again, the, the, the thing with that end. is yeah daniel jones and josh allen aren't exactly yeah. a one-to-one comparison there so i still think gabe davis could have a very good game but i don't know if it's necessarily based on what what concerns any success me we saw last week tennessee does have two great safeties it's kevin biard and i can't it's a, a mar uh hooker, hooker right? yeah hooker, yeah hooker, i saw them chasing after saquon for 190 yards but i'm my hope is is that Diggs is who's taking kind of the safety help there and davis is kind of able to eat you know, in that two number two slot. Yeah, they do whatever the hell they want. They'll, they create open space, create mismatch. Gabe's Davis's touchdown. It was like a was it a third or a fourth and one. They just kind of play action bootlegged, and he was just roaming alone. Yeah, like, I, 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 I don't really a third and one. Almost care about matchups with Bills or any of these smart offenses. They they just can figure it out and put their players in advantageous situations. Yeah, and, um, I, and then I guess moving down. Um, yeah or i didn't get to talk about this but i i'm really liking this herbert everett stack for me this week everett in my tight end position doesn't excite me but i do think herbert's gonna have a big game and i'm really just playing like the upside play of hoping that everett kind of catches a touchdown this week in this shootout mm-hmm. um i would love to fall flat on my face and it'd be like a 10-7 slugfest which nobody's expecting but that's kind of my play there. I do think Corey's tight ends are probably in for a pretty big week this week. Yeah, I think that's what uh, scares me there. Andrews you. was Andrews was getting targeted just fine, and he was running routes. I think on like a, a large majority of the plays where he was in. 
I'm kind of interested to see if Isaiah likely eats into his shares because he had four targets last so. week. With he dropped it. one real bad. Yeah, he, he doesn't block. He, yeah. How often are they going to be running two tight ends? Potentially a lot. I, I don't have like PFF numbers in front of me, but just as a running offense, they might run some twos, but I, I don't yeah, think likely really. In the block at least, yeah. Yeah. I, I think Mark Andrews probably has a big week this week as a bounce back week, and I think Waller's going to have a good week. I just think Arizona is going to get fucking gashed over the air. So, obviously, you expect Devontae Adams to do well, but someone else on the Raiders has to step up, whether it's Renfro or Waller. Like, somebody else has to kind of suck up some targets and, and get involved this week. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see that game. It's it's kind of the two offenses that are high-powered on paper and then didn't really get going. Granted, they both kind of faced the quality of the league really with uh the chargers and the chiefs so I'm, I'm curious to kind of see how they kind of do against each other i hope it's just a shit ton of points and it's like a dope 430 game but we'll have to wait and see uh, i do think waller bounces back but on the flip side of that if we're going flex for flex i think gibson has a nice game against detroit we, we yeah, kind of need I, to I see like who's going to be the consistent guy with washington which is seemingly the conversation point for kind of all these matchups but I think Gibson gets his touches as long as he doesn't fumble the first play and get benched the whole game. Like those are when he has his down games. If he plays the whole game, he gets touches, he gets handoffs, he gets passes, he does everything. I can see him kind of going eye for eye with Waller for the most part. Yeah, but... I, I like Gibson. As long as Brian Robinson is out, I think he's going to command like a huge role in the Washington offense. And even Ron Rivera kind of spoke towards it this week. He did mention that even when Brian Robinson comes back, I think their plan is to treat him more as a wide receiver because he was, I, if I, yeah, I believe he was, he was a college. wide receiver in They say it nine times a broadcast with Yeah, so I, I would love to see, like, what it... Right now, I feel safe with Gibson. I, I think he's got a high floor against Detroit after seeing what the Eagles did to them last week uh, on the ground. So we'll see. I, I mean, I think at least for the first four weeks, he's a safe play. And then just, I didn't announce yet what my bust play of the week was in this matchup and this is probably going to keep take you by surprise billy but it's evan mcpherson the kicker um <laughs> i just think he's an absolute fucking mental midget he taught he got so cocky in the off season like off season he was so what cocky. did he do though I, I nothing you don't his. remember how cocky this fucker was going into the super bowl last year he was no. like the swaggiest guy in the world at kicker and, like, he comes out week one and just absolutely throws the game for his team against the Bengals' biggest divisional rival. Like, it's not its not even the fact that, like, like yeah, it's a fucking kicker. Like, who cares? But I just want to call him the bust of the week because he, he just fucking dudded last week. And I think Corey drafted him as, like, he, I think he was, like, the second kicker taken after Justin Tucker. So it's just hysterical that this dude just goes out week one and has an absolute dud. I'll, I'll say picking a kicker as the bust of the week is a bit of a coward move, but it would I mean, be if fun you, if he if he misses a shit ton of kicks. I will just die laughing. I mean, if you want a real one, it was it, it's if it wasn't McPherson, it was going to be Juju. I just he fumbled last week. I still don't know who the guy is in the Kansas City offense. Um, I just I, I'm not in love with Juju. I think he's like he's like an okay receiver, but. I still think there's a lot to shake out there between Valdez, Scantling, Juju, and Sky Moore in terms of who's going to be that number two guy to Kelsey. Yeah, I I echo that sentiment, 
but at the same time, we're talking about all these other high-powered offenses and how they can support more than one person. I don't see if Juju's not going to be at least one of the mouths that gets somewhat consistently fed. We'll see moving forward. I'm I'm definitely amped for this Thursday game. I think we'll have a nice clear picture of, number one, who runs that division, and number two, who kind of is getting the lion's share of the targets, especially with the Chargers. Let's see kind of what they are without a full game of Keenan Allen where they can kind of game plan and scheme whatever they want to be open. So, yeah, yeah, we kind of ran through Corey's bench kind of when we were talking about the receiver options. No one else. Did you know Corey had Zach Wilson on his bench? I think he's just kind of addicted to adding the IR guys just to kind of have more names on his team. Yeah, I mean, I do that but, too. Um, yeah, you I mean, you, you two Corey? are... You're such a bitch for the fucking Michael Gallup comment too, by the way. Oh, I don't know why he was able to add somebody with an ineligible player in IR. Hey, asshole, they haven't activated him to the roster yet. That's why he's able to go in there. <laughs> Yeah, you two. That's why it was the rivalry game. I saw you guys getting a little chippy there. I think that I have a rivalry rivalry with pretty much everybody in this league at this point. It's, it's <laughs> you're easy to get under. It's easy to get under your skin, I'd say. So, <laughs> anytime anyone wants to blow off some steam and I get a nice little bum off, I feel like you're always a willing combatant. Yeah. And then on my my bench, I mean, I like my def, but there's no one that necessarily excites me on my own bench. Um, just kind of guys that, in previous years, I I'm really quick to pull the trigger and dropping kind of receivers and running backs early on, who then end up kind of having a successful season. So I'm trying my best to just kind of not do that this year. Fair enough. You can hug on to the prospects, see what happens. It's probably the smarter thing. They're looking even at the first waiver wire was kind of baronish so yeah i think the guy was jeff wilson jr to get on the waiver wire but i mean i don't know what it is but i just kind of expected elijah mitchell to get hurt as fucked up as that is <laughs> fair enough i don't think i gave my pick here i'm gonna go with Corey just because Oof. i think someone <laughs> i think you need to go like two and eleven and it would be pretty funny just the kind of Bully oh God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. I I just I, yeah, I, I kinda hate the pick even looking at it, but I, I'm looking at the two tight ends, I think, as the difference maker. I, I think his running backs can kinda go head to head with you. And then yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just banking on those two kind of getting 25s, Andrews you know, and you, Waller. You say that, and now you know what's going to happen, Bill, is like Barkley's going to pull his hamstring this Don't, week. no. That's, yeah. that's unfucking you know called what? for. I'm, I'm joking you know, about fake football, and then you're about to take my livelihood no. from me. You know what, dude? Get ready for Matt Breida now. You yeah, just fucking fuck off. It. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it for all the matchups. I think that actually segues phenomenally into just a little Giants preview. Any expectations for this Carolina game? Um, it you, scares me that we op- it scares me that we opened as favorites. Um, I but I don't know are. if it scares I I don't know if it scares me that we're favorites or the fact that like I almost believe that we should be the favorite in this matchup. You know, it's I don't... just such an uncomfortable feeling because it's like you can call it a letdown game, but it's like we're not nearly good enough to have a yeah. letdown game. And 
I don't know, just losing this game, even though it's very much losable. I don't think Carolina's world's worse than us, or vice versa. We just meet, beat a much better team in the Titans. Um, who kind of like let us back into the game for no reason. I, I think we're at home. Yeah. I think we can run the ball. I just, I'm a little scared about McCaffrey against the linebackers. We have Dontrell Hillman running all over us or catching passes out of the backfield. Yeah, I guess my question is, is like if Kayvon and Lujari play this week, then I really like the Giants to come out with a win. Um, yeah. I definitely think Saquon's going to have a day on the ground again. It seems like Dable is absolutely determined to keep the ball out of Daniel Jones's hand, which is rightfully so. Absolute, <laughs> yeah, it's a great idea. I, I mean, Daniel Jones last week I think missed four passes, but the four passes he missed fucking looked bad, and he had a terrible interception. It so. was a lot of checkdowns. I, I like yeah. statistically, I think he had one of his higher passing ratings, but I'm like, yeah, that was a yeah, mid game at I best. Think, and then if you looked at, and I think this is a dumb stat, but like if you look at ESPN's like total QBR, like he was like bottom four in the league last week or bottom five. So yeah, I think as long as this is the thing, as long as Daniel Jones can protect the football, then I think the Giants win this game. I really would love to see Shepard kind of come alive and I'm going to be a little disappointed if they don't use Tony because I thought he looked really good in the two touches he had last week which one of them was like a terribly designed uh, wide receiver throw that the Titans sniffed out like immediately. And even on like a 10 yard loss, he was able to get five yards back. Yeah. He's, so, he's been consistently electric with the ball. It's just, I really want to know what the whole story is. And it's just, we're seemingly not get it, getting it. I, I like what they kind of asked him about it in the locker room today, like the beat reporters. And then he just had some like ridiculous response where he was like, you want a dollar? I, I didn't get the joke or the reference. I'm just a little too out of touch for it, but it's also weird because the off season narrative was like Dable and him got along and Dable was playing his music and all that shit. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was just simply like, if we just sneak him know, and get him 15 targets. And he just no, or, or if it's just that they were watching the Titans tape and they were like, Hey, like, Saquon this is a Saquon game you know like maybe that was the game plan it was like we're just gonna run it run it and run it some more because like our offensive line was clearly a lot more comfortable in the run protection than they were on the pass protection yeah especially like Niels is still a rookie so I mean I think he'll end up being fine but it seemed like he's a little green we were doing a lot yeah we were doing a lot better running the ball downhill so maybe that was just the plan so I definitely think Saquon's going to get fed. I would like them to get the ball to Tony in a little bit more interesting ways. I just want to see him on the field. It it turned out to be seven snaps. I think we said ten the night of that we recorded. It turned out to just be seven. But Yeah, and there's no reason why he should be getting less snaps than, like, Rick James or uh, Daniel Daniel Bellinger. Like, guys like that, you know, who are, like, almost practice squad level guys like there's yeah, no David reason why Sills, you I think you're looking for but yeah. yeah I I mean if we actually are truly if we actually are competent and come out with a different game plan like that'll just fire me up even more like I, obviously last week was a, a dream pretty much and I'm just kind of waiting for us to kind of turn back into a pumpkin just because I'm so beaten down over the past yeah. years so i i am scared i i think it's as much of a trap game as like a potentially bottom 10 team in the nfl can have yeah uh, i just want them to perform like that's that's all i want to see is like i just want to see them compete and play like 
I'm not going to be mad if they lose the game as long as they don't get absolutely embarrassed while doing it, you know? I think that's yeah. what we were all expecting out of the Giants this year. I like, mean, a one and one on those two games before the season starts, you sign up for it. But it's like the fact that we can actually get off to a good start and just kind of sustain a fun season. Like, that's why this game's big. Obviously, it's not over yeah. if we lose here, but we have a nice stretch of three straight home games against three winnable opponents. Like, I would just do anything to just be three and one or. Four now. I, I don't even know what the fuck I'd do with myself. I, I would yeah, just I'm, be the I'm biggest asshole. I'm on how they'll do this week because I think this is kind of like, a, all right, it, can they like actually be like an eight? Yeah, what happened? Team? Was that just week As a, one or, drunk or football? Or are they a five or six, six win team? And so I don't know. I don't think Carolina is that great. I think Tannehill and Baker are probably like comparable, comparable level yeah. of quarterbacks. I, I do think McCaffrey is. Definitely. It's a Even much worse matchup. I, I don't know if yeah. you say who's better, but the pass catching is what scares me. I think me, McCaffrey kind of. will have a day against our linebackers, so that's like the biggest issue. I guess it, I wonder if a linebacker will be on him, or if like maybe Xavier McKinney plays on him a little bit. McKinney, um, I'd say, is probably the only one who can cover him, aside from like literally putting. Yeah, they, they were bringing they were bringing pressure with him last week, McKinney. If I remember, yeah, correctly, they're gonna so. move him around the field. He's by far that was the best that was nice defensive player but yeah i i would love i'm not tr- i don't want to rush back uh Kayvon or Lujari. i i'd rather them sit until they're 100 percent healthy <sighs> i just um, really want to see them feast against yeah, akemaquanu who just struggled mightily last week granted i, I think it was think miles garrett but this line yeah i think we i mean can do you know bully. do you know if Kayvon it like if he's on target he, to play this week the beat writers were basically saying he took like a big step forward like he was actually like having some contact like he had the yeah, fucking right concussion now. hat on and stuff so like he was doing some stuff moving around at like three-quarter speed i i don't know it looks like they're they not letting a, a ton late... out i mean the fact that they're practicing on a wednesday though which is usually like a i guess they're sign. not they're not they're not veterans but it's usually like players don't practice on wednesday if they're injured or like trying to rehab but it seemed like they were still extremely limited i if I was the Giants, I wouldn't rush them back at all. I don't think they have any. I don't think there's any kind of incentive to doing that this year. I think they're smart enough to not do that. But I mean, if they play, that means they're fully ready to go. So yeah, yeah. If they play, then I definitely think that the Giants win this game. Like that, my confidence factor would be much higher if those two are in the lineup. Yeah, I just want to um, see him play so bad. It's just like a shiny new toy that might be really great. That. Well, yeah, we were able to get pressure without them. So I would love to see what we could do with just four linemen. And uh, Dex had a good game last week, and so did Leonard Williams. Like, they were pretty key in stopping the run. Yeah, so I mean, the defense in general. see what it looks like. Yeah, you got to give them credit. Like. But, yeah, I, I think we're pretty – I think our Giants hopium meter right now is probably at, like, a 10, which is too high. <laughs> Um, I think uh-huh. we have pretty high ex- higher expectations than we had. Higher expectations, definitely, but I I am also just scared of returning to kind of like what I thought Michael, we were. Uh, I'm that Michael Scott meme right now where it's just like, I'm ready I'm to I'm prepared to be hurt. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. posted on our Giants <laughs> like once yeah. a week. <laughs> yeah, but. I'm ready to be hurt again, and I, I, would, I would love for the Giants to start 2-0, but you know we'll see i mean we'll probably be pretty hungover bill sunday so if the giants do win it'd be a great hangover recovery but we'll see yeah 
I think that's pretty much it for me. We will be back either Monday or Tuesday for the week recap based on kind of where the matchups are, what kind of needs to be decided, and just kind of when we have some free time. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And yeah, any last words, Paul? Yeah, um, the only thing I'll say is like now that I'm done with my busy season, I think we'll probably be a lot more consistent with getting these out earlier in the day. And then please let us know if you have ideas for like the pick them um, or for the 14. Oh, my God. I bet 14 and a half points for Matt Ryan. Yeah. Let us know what, what you guys think about those. So, yeah, uh, nothing else. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Cool, guys. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Bye bye.